0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, wa ala Amma abad. Alhamdulillah. Tonight is the 7th of January in the year 2023. And alhamdulillah, we moved on to the 19th night that we're going through the exalted and blessed life of the illustrious companion, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik. So moving on to a next subsection entitled, His immense love for our beloved messenger. So as is but obvious, Sayyidina Anas whose love for our beloved messenger, was also immense. So to mention a very famous report first, so this narration is in Sayyih Bukhari, number 3485 and 5815, Sahih Muslim, number 2639, Abu Dawood, number 5127, Tirmidhi number 2385, Sahih, Ahmad in his Musnad, number 12032, 12738, 12846, Ibn Hibban in his Sahih 10-308, Abu Ya'la in his Musnad, number 3023, Burani in his own number 8556 and many others. Sayyidina Anas, he relates radiyallahu. A man once asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi about the final hour. And he said, Matassa'ah. When is the hour? He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Wa maada aadatta laha. What have you prepared for it? the man responded la shay'a illa anni uhibbu Allah wa rasulahu Nothing except that i love allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam so 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 this man asked when is the hour when will qiyamah strike so the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam always if anything needed to be collected he would do it in a very sublime way so he didn't say to the man, you should have rather asked, What have you prepared for it? <laughs> because it doesn't matter when Qiamat will strike, Qiamat will strike. But the more important thing is what you prepared. And the man's response very interesting. He said, Nothing. I have not prepared nothing. Illa <laughs> wa Except that I love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. Now in a separate report in Imam Ahmad's Musnat, he said, I have not prepared much work for it, neither ritual salah or fasting. So this clarifies. When he said I've done nothing, he was talking about the additional. He did the farad, right? But in Ahmad, he explained because I don't do much extra in terms of salat and fasting. Upon this, the Prophet said, Antam Ma'aman Ahbab. You will be with those whom you love. So, what did the man say? I have prepared nothing for the hour except that I love Allah tala and His Messenger. And the Prophet Sallallahu said, "You will be with those whom you love." So, Anas he added, "Radhiyallahu." فما فرحنا بشيء فرحنا بقول النبي we have never felt so happy as on this decree of the Prophet wasallam that you will be gathered with those whom you love. So Anna said, you, "Because you don't realize how happy we were to hear this. When we heard the Prophet said, you will be with those whom you love. In Tirmidhi, the wording is, with the exception of the bounty of Islam, Nothing caused greater elation to the companions than this statement of Rasulullah. So Anas said, after Iman and Islam, this statement of the Prophet was the most beloved thing we ever heard from the Prophet. Anas then added, wa wa umar. I therefore love the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam. Abu Bakr and Umar, اللهم, And I hope that I shall also be together with them because of my loving them, even though I do not perform the like of their good deeds. So Anas, he concluded the hadith by clarifying رضي I love the Prophet and Abu Bakr and Umar so this actually highlights he knew who the greatest companions were when people say who did the companions believe to be the greatest there's many reports, this is one of them why did he mention Abu Bakr and Umar why not you know Zubair and Talha Uthman and Ali why did he say I love the Prophet, Abu Bakr and Umar then he said, And I hope I shall be together with them because of my loving them. Then he quickly added, even though I do not perform the like of their good deeds. Meaning, there's no way on earth we can compare to my deeds can compare to theirs. But because I love them, I hope to be with them. And this is why the scholars add, We thus beg our loving Lord Subhanahu ta'ala to be also among such blessed and fortunate individuals who have true love for such towering personalities. Mm. And what better way than to become intimately aware of their virtues, sacrifices, and status than by studying their august and unparalleled lives? <laughs> I mean, so love, even though you are not strong in your deeds, it's still valid. Right. The Prophet didn't say, you have to reach a level of piety before the love can activate. <laughs> the Sahaba said, I'm not very strong in my deeds. You can argue with Sahaba. <laughs> so obviously, a Sahaba weak in his deeds. You know, that's to me and you means he was rock solid. You're right. But he said that, I'm not, I don't do much in terms of fasting and prayer. Mm. And now why did he add that? Because he was himself thinking, surely this is not a true love. Mm. If I truly loved you, I would be very strong in these deeds. And the Prophet said, you will be with those whom you love. And the sahaba was so happy. And then Anas explained it further. He goes, I love the Prophet. And even though my deeds aren't like this, I hope to be with them because of my love. So now, what are the signs of love? So obviously, otherwise Tom, Dick and Harry can say we love. So the signs, one sign is, is Emulation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kul say if you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then follow me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, follow the Prophet, and that's a sign of love. So emulation is one. If you look at the sahaba, how obsessed they were with the sunnah. So emulation is one sign of love. The second sign of love is you love whatever your beloved loves. Who has the proof, many proofs, one proof in Tabalani, authentic, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, If I knew that Umar loved a dog, I would love that dog. Notice he didn't say, what dog? Why a dog? Dog's a filthy animal. He just said, if I knew Umar loves a dog, i love it. So that's loving whatever your, your beloved loves. The highest level the Prophet mentioned Anas he goes I I love pumpkin ever since I saw the Prophet having a liking for pumpkin Mm. so emulation is one sign second sign is you love whatever your beloved loves the third sign is knowing about them (laughs) obviously how can you say you love something you don't (laughs) think about it you know if you think about take it out of Islam and somebody goes to you I love I don't know I love the Brazilian football team. And then you ask a more simple question, well, who's on, who's on the lineup? Don't know. Who's the striker? Don't know. Who's, who's the defender? Don't know. Who's goalie? Don't know. Well, sort of, so it doesn't make any sense. If you love something, you expect a person to be engrossed in terms of learning. And the fourth sign is, the Prophet he said in Abu Naim, Sahih Hadith, he who loves something, he mentions it much. He who loves something, he mentions it much. Meaning, a sign of love is that you talk too much about the thing that you love. In fact, other people get fed up. Because, oh, he talks about. So, these are outward signs. Have you understood? So, when people say, how do I really know I love Allah and His Messenger? Do you talk about them often? That's one sign. Do you emulate the Prophet do you are you obsessed about learning more and more about, it? and do you emulate? It? Subhanallah. Anas radiyallahu He said, "This is in Sahih Bukhari, number one thousand one hundred forty-one, number one thousand nine hundred seventy-three, number three thousand five hundred sixty-one, in the chapter on virtues." Ma masistu hariran, wala di bajan alya min qafil nabiyeen. Subhanallah wa lillah. I have never touched silk or dibaj. Dibaj is thick silk, softer than the palm of the prophet. Sallallahu the Lord is said, "Wala shamimtu riha nqattu, or alafan qattu, adyabu min rihi, or arufin nabiy." So the Lord is "Nor have I smelled a perfume nicer than the sweet perspiration of the prophet." Sallallahu the Lord is so, where is it recorded? Sayyid Bukhari, all over the place in Bukhari Sharif. So, what is he talking about? Somebody goes, what's he telling us? He's telling you about the palm of the Prophet and he's telling you about his sweat. What did he just say? His palm and sweat. Look at the lubhf that was overflowing. He goes, I have never touched silk or thick silk softer than the palm of the Prophet. Now, think about that. What's softer than silk? You know, if you touch silk, your hand slips. Dibaj is thick silk. He didn't even say silk. He goes, the palm of the Prophet was softer than that. So, imagine touching his blessed palm. Unbelievable. Then he said, no have I smelled perfume nicer than the sweet perspiration of the Prophet. He goes, when he would sweat, he goes, there is no scent I have ever smelt which can even compare to the blessed scent coming from his, his blessed perspiration. So, what does this narration indicate? How much you loved the Prophet when he was discussing, talking about him, you know, he saw with great veneration. Consider the following narration this is in Sahih Muslim, number 5749. Anas said, When Rasulullah had completed his Fajr prayer, the servants of Al Madina would thereupon come to him with their own utensils containing water. And Subhanallah, no utensil was brought in which he, وسلم, graciously did not dip his hand into. Sometimes they came in the very cold dawn, and he did not feel reluctant in acceding to their request, even in the cold weather, and he dipped his hand into them. So Allah Subhanahu Wa So what was one of the traditions in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Look how strange this would look. If you had the honor of observing what would happen after Fajr, you would see queues of companions with bowls of water. How strange is that? So you'd think, why have they brought this, these bowls of water? What are they going to do with it? They wanted the Prophet ﷺ to dip his hand into it. And Anas R.A. said, it would be blisteringly cold some days. But Rasulullah would never decline. he put his blessed palm into the water. ice called water. So now think about this. Where's this record? Sayyid Muslim. A lot of people, if you take out the reference, what would they say about this report? They go, come on brother. You know, you're getting excited now. Yeah. Right? You know, what the heck? What, what are these people doing? And they got anything better to do. And the response is, there you go. Allah was telling you how much the companions would take from the Prophet. And he goes, This would be a regular occurrence. So why would they doing that? The tabarak, which I mentioned yesterday. It is no wonder then that Thabit al Bunani, Rahmatullah alayhi said, I used to go to Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik and kiss his hands. And I would say, These are the hands that touch the Prophet. I would then kiss his eyes. And say these are the eyes that saw the Prophet, that Allah Almighty subhanallah. This is in Abu Ya'la in his Musnad six two one one al-Haythami in Majma' Az-Zawaid nine three two five with a Can I put So look how beautiful. Anas Radhiyallahu. He had many students, which we'll mention at the relevant time. He had so many students. One of his most famous students was Sabid Al-Bunay, very famous Tabi'in, Rahmatullahi. And look what he would do to his teacher. <laughs> he'd kiss his hands. Mm. Then he'd explain. Now well, that's interesting. Who's he talking to? <laughs> so this shows that he was clarifying to people because they didn't know why he was doing it. He goes, these are the hands that touched the Prophet. <laughs> In other words, we just missed out. We just missed the Holy Prophet So I'm kissing the hands that have touched him. Mm. Then he would kiss his eyes. And said, these are the eyes that saw the Prophet. Mm-hmm. So you can also see the tabeel yearning. Because, you know, we would love to have seen him, but we missed him. But these men saw the Prophet. They touched the Prophet Maybe this is the reason why it is from the sunnah to kiss the hand of an alim. Mm-hmm. Why? Because an alim has an unbroken chain of authorities back to Rasulullah. Mm-hmm. So this is what people don't understand. Because can't you become an alim by reading books? Mm. No. <laughs> right? And he goes, why not? And he goes, because where does the book go to? <laughs> and then he goes, what, do you, what sort of a question is that? He goes, I'm just asking, where, he goes, what do you mean where does the book go to? Mm. He goes, why are you asking that question? He goes, because an alim who learns from another alim, who learns from his alim, eventually where does he go back to? <laughs> So, you've actually got an unbroken chain. Any science, whether it's tafsir, whether it's hadith, whether it's tafsawwuf, whether it's fiqh, any science. So, why do you kiss? That's a sunnah to kiss the hand of So, the ulama said, This is probably why, because you're going back to the Prophet. Or, oh, if not the Prophet, the righteous predecessor. Indeed. Whenever the noble companions would describe a particular characteristic of the mercy to the entire creation, the guide to the path of salvation, the prophet of mankind, the peace of our heart and mind, the most generous and kind, they would always qualify it with the superlative that it deserved. Mm. I such as the most generous, the most God-fearing. So look at, here's an example. Sayyidina Anas, he said, this is in Sayyid Bukhari. Qa'anan Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ahsan an nas, wa ajwad an nas, wa ashja an nas. And he continues. What was he saying? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi was the most handsome of mankind, the most generous of mankind, and the bravest of mankind. He's not even got to the subject. (laughs) Why is he mentioning that before the Hadith? (laughs) Because this is telling you how much they love the Prophet they would always use the choicest words. No, it's the beauty in Arabic, English, you know, mashallah The Prophet was the most handsome of people, the most generous of people, the bravest of people. And this is not even actually the full report. He just mentioned that. So, most, Because they always were teaching you. When you talk about the Prophet wasalam, Don't use normal words. <laughs> and yet. Forget about normal words. People don't even say Sallallahu As was beautifully put by a poet. Your character is great and beautiful your creation. By your creator. You had and will. Have no imitation. <laughs> of Allah. Your character is great and beautiful your creation. By your creator, you had and will have no imitation. Mm-hmm. So look, even in English, the poets fly, right? And you get beauty even in the English as well. Mm-hmm. Hassan ibn Thabit, who had devoted his entire life to eulogizing Rasulullah. Mm-hmm. Look what he said, sallallahu Allah, Rasulullah. Hassan Hassani ibn Thabit said, مَا إِمَّا مُحَمَّدًا La ma mm-hmm. I did not praise Muhammad with my words. Rather I made my words worthy of praise by Muhammad. subhanallah. This is the hidden pearls, volume one page sixty-four. Look how they are talking. Hassan ibn Thabit, he lived into a century. Mm-hmm. one of the most aged companions of the Prophet. He says, I have not praised Rasulullah with my words. Rather, I have praised my words by the mention of Rasulullah. So if you look at these reports, what do you notice about the Sahaba? They're teaching you something very important. They're teaching you that this is no normal human being. So all I mentioned today was basically now beginning this subsection in which Sayyidina Anash was showing and displaying his deep and immense love for our beloved messenger, but at the same time, huge and valuable lessons for us to imbibe. So note again very important things when going through the lives of the blessed companions of the Prophet. Are there any questions, you need to ask سبحان سبحان رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الإنسان